0: We talk a little CFP, and everyone in Ann Arbor should be convicted of a felony. All that and more next on Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome back to Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode 52, and we are coming to you after a narrow, ridiculous, and crazy victory over Maryland in College Park last weekend, 43-30. And uh, obviously that game was a lot closer than that score indicates. Um, And I was on the edge of my seat. What do you say, Davis?
1: Uh, um, Yeah, I mean, it, it felt eerily like the Penn State game. Where we just kind of couldn't really get enough going on offense, uh, couldn't put them away. And but with you know just a few minutes left to go in the fourth quarter, it felt like it was still in doubt, even though both times we ended up having a defensive score late, which put it to a double digit win. But uh, man, it was nerve wracking to be honest, dude. I know
0: everybody's talking about the scoop and score. You know, obviously that was the thing that really kind of sealed the deal. But for me, man, you know, the play of the game for me was no ruggles from 45, dude. Take a six point lead, especially so after, yeah,
1: after he just got an extra point blocked and ran back the other way earlier that game, which had me nervous and had me, you know, worrying about, you know, several years back when that the same thing happened to Penn State and ended up being only loss that year, exactly. And you know how fluky these
0: games are, man, especially in the weeks. And you know, we you're going to hear this on every podcast you listen to, but everybody across the country struggled, you know, I think it's. It's hard for me, though, even though you're going to hear that, to to put much stock in it. You know, I only put stock in Ohio State, what we come to do. You know, what, what was your feeling about this game? When you look at Ohio State, I mean, what what's your confidence level,
1: you know, going into Michigan after seeing this performance? Well, it, you know, it's hard to block out all of the outside noise. And I guess what I mean by that is I also paid attention to the other matchups that happened this past Saturday. And you watched Georgia struggle only beating Kentucky by 10. You watch um, TCU running out, kicking a field goal last second. You watched Michigan having to um, – pardon me, team up north, um, having to win last second on a field goal. Um, Tennessee getting absolutely curb stomped. I mean, you know, it it felt like a survival day. So in the grand scheme of it, you know, we did what we needed to do and we survived and moved on. So I'm happy about that. But at the same time uh, – you know, I think it's the first time all year that I was truly kind of disappointed in the defense. And there's one play in particular in that game that really bothered me. And it's when Maryland went forward on fourth and goal and they basically kind of shut down the play and, um, to Tal- Leah or whatever his name is, is, uh, scrim went out to the right and last second throws it to, uh, to, uh, Johnson or Jacob Johnson, whatever his name is in the end zone. And uh, ended up scoring that touchdown, which brought it back to a, a single-score game, and that's a play you just can't let that happen, man. In the window, he fit that in there, but that one bothered me. And the defense just gave up a lot more big plays than what I was comfortable with seeing. I had a big problem with the corners constantly, uh, constantly playing ten yards off coverage, and they kind of dink and dunked us, and that's why they were able to maintain a bunch of these drives. And get so many yards on us and put them in position to score uh, down in the red zone. So I don't know how much of that is looking forward. How much of that was a bland scheme that we played. How much of that was lack of effort, lack of execution. It, It was probably a combination of a bunch of things. But I definitely came out a little more worried about the defense than anything. I was more disappointed in the scheme.
0: You know, you talked about you weren't sure if it was lack of effort, if it was scheme. I think it was scheme. The reason I'm saying that is because, you know, we controlled the run all day long. They were not running the ball on us. They were, however, throwing the ball, like you said, dinking and dunking us all down the field. So that that was my thing. So if that's happening, why are you playing such a weak zone? That's what I don't understand. You know what I mean? Why are we not tightening that up? Or or do does he just really feel that we're not good enough to, to sustain that kind of you know, I mean, that, that kind of defense. I, I really don't know what the answer is.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know, again, if part of this had to do with he just didn't want to get beat over the top because uh, they do have a pretty decent quarterback and some good wide receivers. Uh, or if it had to do... I I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm sure there had to have been some sort of legitimate reason why that was the case and it wasn't adjusted. Um, that's the thing. I mean... You know, maybe we start out the game that way, but if they see what's starting to happen, then I, we figure some mid-game adjustments would happen and they'd start playing up because they did it a few times, and every time we did, uh, the defense looked a lot better. Um, yeah. So I don't know if – I don't know why they didn't really make an adjustment. Uh, in my opinion, that game shouldn't have been that close. I mean, some different things had to happen, like that fourth and goal touchdown they had. Yeah. Um, we were supposed to go for it uh, after scoring another touchdown late, go for two to put us up 14. Instead, we have a, a delay a game or a false start or whatever. We get backed up. We decide to kick it anyways, which still was pointless because that would have put us up 13 when really 14 was more important. So then we kick it, get a block, gets run back, and now we're only up by 10. So then when they come back down and score a touchdown, it's a three-point game instead of what could have been still a seven-point game. And that completely changed kind of the mood and in the, in the, in the feel of the game when we should have been up by two touchdowns. So there were some weird things that happened in that game that kind of kept it close late. Um, a lot of it self-inflicted wounds that, that we continue to do to ourselves sometimes. But, you know, I, I, I'm not looking at this game as a total failure. Um, I think, you know, seeing Dylan Hayden come in and basically get 140 yards plus rushing and three touchdowns all in the second half Gives me a lot of faith that we he's someone we could possibly put out there this week. Uh, are, you, are you confident? With.
0: A lot of the chatter going around Buckeye Nation and around Twitter is that they think that it's safe to say that uh, Travion Henderson would now be the
1: number three running back on the team. Are, are you comfortable with that statement? No, I don't think he's number three. I think due to injury, he's just not productive. Um, I think his vision and the fact that he dances too much in the backfield has kind of hurt him a little bit this year, but he's not been 100% for many for many weeks. I don't care how many games he's played lately. Uh, he's not been healthy since before um before our bye week. So he's not the same player. It's not that he's like the third best. He's just he's hindered. And Dalen and Hayden is definitely a lot more capable, a lot more fresh, um, a lot healthier uh, at this current time. So that's I think what they're probably getting at. But I mean Trey's still one B or one A or however you want to put it. I'm gonna disagree. I think Trey
0: I think he's soft as dryer sheets, buddy. He is soft. I've never seen a softer running back since Beanie Wells. And I mean that. He may have all the talent in the world, but I don't know where he lost it at because this whole dancing around, he hits no hole hard at all. He has no force <laughs> coming
1: through the hole. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. Anyway, my 13 so, year old in herself just well, there can't get I was. through that. <laughs>
0: He's kind of angered me, man, because I saw these glimpses last year and I thought he was just going to be this dynamo. And he just hasn't turned out to be that even when he was healthy this year. Like he immediately slipped into that number two role. We talked about it earlier this, you know, earlier this year. And then now I really feel like, you know, when he is out there injured or not, he just I don't know, man. I'm just not seeing it. I feel like downs. I trust him more than I trust. Travion now, too. So, uh, you know what I mean? Like,
1: I I put him in a number three hole right now, man. I really do. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to argue too much of that, but Trey has at least had more experience um, than Dalen, and, you know, going up against Maryland is one thing, and going up against uh, the team up north is going to be something completely different. But I completely understand where you're coming from, and I can't really argue it. So... Uh, I don't want to spend too much more time on this Maryland game. Obviously, I think overall, we both were pretty disappointed overall, but still happy to eke out a win because what's more important was not the Maryland game, was not the previous 11 games that we've played up to this point. It's what's happening this week. And that's the CFP. Um... (laughs) Yeah. So we'll How do the CFP. Yeah, we'll do the CFP, but we're going to we know what we're going to spend most of our time on. So, do you have the list in front of you? Or do you want me to read them off? I do. Go for I it. I do.
0: Um, okay, I'll start you off here. Um, we're just going to do the top 10, uh, like we have been since, you know, after the initial one came out. But uh, coming in at number 10, uh, Tennessee after they got just absolutely killed by South Carolina. So they dropped to 10. Oregon's at number 9. Clemson at number 8. Alabama, number 7. USC number six, LSU number five, and we'll talk about that. TCU number four, U number three, Ohio State number two, and Georgia number one. So does does anything about what I just said surprise you?
1: Honestly, no. I mean, that's. I think you have a better case for USC being, being ahead of LSU, but I think it's irrelevant where you put LSU right now. Um, I, you could put really LSU subject. at number four, and it's irrelevant. I, mean, I believe
0: so, too. USC, to me, controls their own destiny
1: with a conference title, and as long as Georgia wins the SEC. Right. Yeah, I mean, we, we can get into some of the crazy things that could possibly happen, but this week is going to uh, maybe not too much chaos there. I mean, potentially, yeah. I mean, USC has Notre Dame this week, and that's not going to be some cakewalk game with the way Notre Dame's been playing lately. Uh, do I think USC should win? Yeah, it's going to be a home game for them, but... Uh, Notre Dame has a pretty decent defense and the teams that USC has been playing against lately do not have much of a defense. Um, I mean, when you beat UCLA 48 45 and UCLA was driving with a chance to win it at the end of the game, that's not a good defense. And you think about their one point loss uh, to uh, Utah earlier in the year, it was something like four uh, 52 51 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, It seems a lot like – oh, my gosh, what's his name? Coach. I'm drawing a blank for a second. Uh, Lincoln Riley. It seems like he's basically just moved Oklahoma to the Pac-12, and it's the same exact scenario. He may have a really good quarterback, a good offense, but the defense cannot stop anyone from scoring, and when he finally faces a big-time defense and is going to rely upon his defense to make stops, I think he's going to be in trouble. Do I think they deserve where they're at? Yeah, I mean they they've done pretty well, and they have a Heisman-style quarterback in Caleb Williams, and you know they're they're starting to become more nationally recognized. But I think they're going to get found out um, within these next two weeks. They got Notre Dame, and then potentially Oregon, and I'm I find it really difficult to think that they're going to get through both those games unscathed. You
0: could be right. So here's my question for you. This is the one I've been waiting to ask you. I got all kind of freaking arrows drawn all over my paper and like swirly marks and stuff like that. But it all leads to this question. Say Georgia wins out, of course, Ohio State, Michigan, you know, one of them's going to win. Somebody's going to lose. So if USC loses and TCU
1: loses, who gets in? Well, two things. One is it will matter on how competitive the Ohio State team up north game is this week. And number two, it will also depend on how good Clemson looks the next couple of weeks because as much as we want to you know, say that their ACC's kind of already played their way out, they're still sitting there in the eight hole at 10 and one. And one uh, two teams in front of them are, well, one for sure, is not going to have that extra game, and that's Alabama. So they will jump Alabama by winning the ACC championship game. And if USC loses, they're going to jump them. TCU loses. I think it depends on still how TCU loses. depends. Do they lose in the Big 12 championship game or do they lose this week against Iowa State and then still win the Big 12 championship? That's another part of that that you didn't mention.
0: Well, the thing is, I don't think it matters. And I'll tell you why. I can tell by the way that the committee is talking about TCU that they don't really believe it either. The, the comment that the the guy made tonight was that TCU just kind of seems to find a way to win. Like, so th- I don't think that they think that they're world beaters. I just think that they are 11-0 and, and in a Power 5 conference, and they're ranked number four. I think if they were to lose, I think of the undefeated teams, if they were to lose, they would fall the farthest. And I think they'd be out of the picture. I think one loss does it for TCU. I think that, that they put somebody else in over them, especially if there's another conference champion with one loss. Or maybe George is the one that loses or something like that.
1: I'm not you disagreeing know, I, with you. No, I would agree to that, too. I'm just saying that's another part of the puzzle, too. But so say TCU loses, USC loses, and LSU loses, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's going to be then Georgia. Um, well, did we say TCU also? No, I'm going to keep yeah, TCU you said in TCU it for lost. now. Oh,
0: you're going to leave them in. Okay. Yeah, I've
1: got to leave them in. Just assume that we, we see everything happen except for LSU losing, US, uh, US, USC losing um and obviously the loser of ohio state michigan so that is going to leave your number one seed being georgia your number two seed being the winner of the big ten and number three being tcu so that four hole now what we're arguing or what you're trying to get me to debate is who deserves the four spot is that going to be a one loss acc champ clemson or is it going to be a one loss big ten team that did not get in is basically what it's going to be between yes and I think it depends, like I said, on the competitive nature of the game. And it depends on who loses, because if it is Ohio State that loses, then the door is open because Ohio State has a better out of conference schedule. Um, Notre Dame has done us a lot of favors and can continue to do us favors if they beat USC. And um, the committee has made it very apparent that they are aware that we have a better, com- uh, a better uh, strength of schedule. Um, that we've played better opponents. Um, And I just think if it's a close competitive game, I think you have to go with Ohio State over over that one loss uh, Clemson team. I mean, look what happened with the Notre Dame game. We beat them by double digits, and they lose to them by, what, 28 points, 21 points? A pretty embarrassing loss. Listen, I know there's another time that Ohio State had an embarrassing loss, a single loss, and it kept us out. As a matter of fact, that's happened a couple of times off of one single loss, even though we would go on to win the Big Ten, we still wouldn't get in. So, I think it's fair to say that you know Clemson has looked very underwhelming this year. Um, their quarterback almost got benched at some point. Uh, they may have a pretty decent defense, but and a decent running game, but they've just they've just not really shown me much of anything. Uh, I know they've beaten a couple ranked ACC teams, but those teams are really kind of falling off the radar. And now that North Carolina lost this past weekend. Uh, That's going to be their matchup in the ACC championship game, and now that's going to be a team that, if and when they beat them, UNC might even barely be ranked at that point. So then you're going to just have to compare schedules and see, you know, because the the committee has put in teams that have not won their conference over teams that have with similar records simply based on how they look and the quality of the wins. So So give me
0: today, November 22nd, 2022. Call your Final Four right now, today.
1: Who's getting it? Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, USC. I think it'll be uh Georgia and uh USC in one semifinal and Ohio State TCU in the other. Okay. So I know I'm a little bit of a leadway into what we're getting ready to talk about, but you know, I know everyone's like, you know, a lot of this stuff's gonna work itself out. Listen. I think the only one that's going to be a given, I really feel like, is going to be the Georgia game. I do have confidence coming into this week with our matchup, but um, maybe less confident than what I would feel Georgia over LSU. Uh, And TCU, I mean, it's hard to bet against them now because they keep doing it. I mean, they got Iowa State, which is just an okay team this year, and then Kansas State, who they already beat. So, I don't am coming with
0: a hot take, dude. Go for it. I'm going – my prediction – is Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, Clemson. I think USC cannot maintain the last two games of the season. I think they lose one of them. They may, Hell, they may lose both of them. I don't know. But I don't think USC goes unscathed through the rest of the season. Um, I think LSU will be automatically beat out by Georgia. I think Alabama can't get in no matter what happens. And I think Clemson wins out. Um wins their conference and ends up having to be the team that goes in because I think their resume versus Michigan would be stronger and they'd get in.
1: So let me throw this at you, one last thing on the CFP, and then we'll get towards what everyone wants to listen to. But what happens if LSU wins that game? Absolute mayhem. (laughs) Absolute mayhem. At this point, you've had some other teams fall off. That LSU-Tennessee comparing that argument is out. Right. So LSU no longer has to worry about that. And if LSU wins as a two-loss team, man, I know you said it before, and I really said it was really hard for a two-loss two team to get in. But I don't, I don't see them leaving them out.
0: No, they'll be in. But what I want to see happen is LSU wins, puts a loss on Georgia, and USC wins out, and Clemson wins out. That's what I want to see. So you got well, he- USC champion with one loss, Clemson champion with one loss, Georgia one loss, non-conference champion. And you got LSU, a two-loss SEC champion. Who the heck's getting in there?
1: Uh, that, that's um, going to be
0: tough, dude.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not rooting for Georgia, but really I would rather not see some chaos at that point. Plus, you know, if we really want to prove we're the best team this year, we want to be able to have a shot at Georgia. And I would prefer that shot to be in the national title game. And as long as they can win that, they're going to stay at number one. And as long as we went out, we'll stay at number two, which assures that we won't face them till the national title game. If you have LSU winning that game, assuming we take care of business this weekend in the Big Ten Championship game, how is that rank going to look? Because obviously that will put us at number one, but do you really think they're going to put Georgia and LSU at two and three and then someone else at number four and have them rematch it? Or are they going to go ahead and make sure they divide that up again, put LSU above Georgia and drop Georgia all the way to number four, meaning there's that potential again for two SEC teams to get into the national title game and have dude, it be another think, rematch of the SEC championship game.
0: This may be an unpopular opinion, but I'm I'm being honest. If TCU wins out and Georgia loses and USC wins out, I don't think Georgia's in. I think Georgia's out. I think, I think USC's in.
1: It, it, dude, it sucks, but I think Georgia's already punched their ticket because everyone has made everyone else brainwash them to believe that they're world beaters. And, I mean, as long as they lose that game... Close. I mean, if LSU comes out and blows them out by like 20 points, maybe you have an argument if all those other teams went out. But again, I've just, at this point, I'd rather Georgia just win that game. And, you know, that way I'd I'd rather that happen and not see two SEC teams get in this year.
0: All right, that's enough CFP. Let's talk about the
1: dime store hookers that live to the north. Those dirty bastards. (laughs) (laughs) Listen everybody the, knows what we can. For those end. yeah, for those of you listening at this point, you know, we may not be as family friendly, so we apologize, but we I truly hate that team up north. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd like to apologize for absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um
0: November twenty seventh, twenty twenty one. It was noon in Ann Arbor. And then it was three thirty in Ann Arbor and we lost forty two twenty seven. And ever since then, you know, I have had a gigantic stick inside me, okay? (laughs) It has bothered me when I was walking. It has bothered me while I was sitting. It has bothered me for a full year, okay? It is time. It is time, dude. I, I, I couldn't be more excited, man. It is finally here. We wait all year for this. We've been talking. I've been texting Davis how much I hate Michigan all week already. I'm like, God. Just be like two
1: o'clock in the afternoon. I'm just (laughs) sitting at home watching TV because we're on break for this week. And out of nowhere, F Michigan. (laughs) You're right. right. Yeah. Just out of nowhere. (laughs) Send me some sort of gif or some sort of (laughs) meme or something. You're right, man. And so, dude, I've been looking
0: forward to this, man. It's time. It's finally here, dude. So, So tell me, let's open it up, man.
1: What's your general feeling? What's your excitement
0: level? What's your confidence level?
1: Give me something. Well, before we get into that, let's take a stroll down memory lane and let's go ahead and drop some historical knowledge on everyone that's listening. So, this will officially be the 118th meeting of Ohio State against the team up north. The overall series is currently at 59-51-6, with that team up north currently holding the edge. But realistically, if you look over the last, you know, 50 60 years we have won that um won that battle and then over the last 20 uh years over the last 20 games we've played we are 17 and 3 technically we're 16 and 3 because we had to give away that 2010 game because of a tattoo gate with Terrell Pryor, but I still count it because we beat them on the field so uh we are coming in with a one game losing streak uh, Michigan. Oh, pardon me. I keep saying the dang name. The team up north has not won back-to-back games in over 20 years. And we are also looking for Ryan Day to get his first uh, pair of gold pants as head coach. And that kind of seems crazy to say, doesn't it? He's Actually, I take that it. back. I take that back. I'm wrong. I forgot about the the one-year Justin Fields beat him. So he is technically one-and-one. One. That's my I know. I, I keep thinking. It just it feels like he... I mean, we haven't beat him in what three years?
0: Yeah, yeah, well, because we didn't play in twenty twenty. Exactly.
1: Yet.
0: Yeah. Before you go on with the stats, do you feel like um
1: do you feel like Ryan Day wh- what kind of pressure do you think he's feeling right now? Oh, he's feeling a ton of pressure because the coach before him was six and zero against the that team up north, and the coach before him was what, nine and one? I mean, yeah, I, I can't remember what year we lost. Was it two
0: thousand, two thousand one? Uh or, or- maybe two thousand three.
1: So, we lost in, last year, we lost in 2011 and 2003. Yeah, 2003. The 2011 year was the year that Luke Fickle was our head coach. That's right. And so, before that, um, it was Jim Trestle. And when when, when did Jim Trestle come in? 2001? Yeah, he was one, two. Yeah, I was right. He was nine and one. Okay. Of course, he had to vacate that one in 2010, but still, he was nine and one. So 9-1 and uh, with uh, Jim Trestle, you had 6-0 Urban Meyer, and you have a 1-1 Ryan Day. That seems uh, like a lot of pressure because if he loses this, he has a losing record to the team up north. And that's not, you can't say that since John Cooper. And I don't care how good of a coach he was through uh, the regular season, how many 10-game winning seasons he had, he got fired because he couldn't beat that team up north. That's true. All right, before so, we get too
0: too deep, give us the rest of the stats here. Let's, let's let the people know.
1: So we we don't really care how we stand nationally anymore with any of these stats, but these are just basically in comparison, uh, one team against the other to try to see roughly where we're at. Okay. And of course, this is on average. So barring, you know, what kind of performance each team actually puts in a field. Also injuries and other things may have effect to this, but statistically if you look at it ohio state's offense averages 492 yards a game we have 289 yards passing to 203 rushing Uh, the team up north they average 452 yards which is 40 yards less a game and they average 208 passing with 244 rushing ohio state's defense is keeping teams to only 283 yards per game 175 of that is passing yards and 108 of that is rushing while the team up north sports the number one overall defense in the country at 241 yards per game, giving up 161 pass, but only 79 rushing yards. Now, you also need to look at some of the teams that they've played. Um, I understand both Ohio State and the team up north hasn't played the most difficult schedule, but Ohio State has played a more challenging schedule. So I think that can affect what some of those averages look like. But the real... Uh, thing that you like to look for here is what typically uh, with the teams that they're playing with Ohio state and the team up North over the duration of the year on average, how what percent were they giving up of another team's average? So if we're looking at the stats at this game, and I'm not going to go into too much detail, but bottom line is our offense is at least 40 yards a game, more productive. And I'm not sure on the points, but we're up there probably 10, you know, 10 or so points more per game. Uh, Really, the numbers here are the defensive numbers that stand out a little bit more. Ohio State has still been pretty good this year, only giving up uh, 283 yards per game, Uh, but the team up north is number one in the country, giving up 241 yards per game. The tendencies this year is that Ohio State only gives up Uh, Or not only, but they give up 94% of opponents passing yards and 83% of opponents rushing yards. Those numbers are okay, not great. I know our defense has looked good, but also if you look based upon what their opponents average, you know, we're we're keeping them under their average. But um, the rushing total is the only one that's probably more impressive at 83%. Uh, The team up north, however, has done a much better job, at least in regards to their opponents average only giving up 82% of passing yards and only 75% of rushing yards. So the real battle here is going to be not as I think it's going to be a different story than it was last year. Um, and what I mean by that is last year it was the story was Ohio state's offense. Uh, I apologize. Ohio state's defense against the team up North's offense, right? So the team up North was able to run it all over us. Uh, we were unable to get off the field uh, the, we just pretty much got snow plowed. And I do not think that is going to happen this year. I think the difference this year is going to be what is the team up North's defense going to go or do to Ohio State's offense this year. And I think that's going to be more telling of uh, the result this year. What do you think? Well, I think the
0: keys to this game, um, to be totally honest with you, man, a couple of things. Number one, the health of our team, mainly C.J. Stroud. Um, I think we could maintain a running back if if uh, Dallin Hayden's really the only guy that we end up carding out there. I, th- I still think we'll be okay. Like, I- I'm not as nervous about that. I am nervous about CJ because, dude, he has not looked right for a few weeks. I don't know. I don't know if it's mental. I don't know if it's physical. I don't know. I mean, obviously, he's limping last game, but I don't really know the true story of his health, and, I, you know, nobody ever would, thanks to Ryan Day and his close-to-the-bestness uh, that he has, but... I think the key is CJ's health, our attitude going into this game, because that, that means everything, dude. Your heart, your attitude means everything, especially in this game. Okay, now I'm not going to say that attitude and heart are going to win every football game you play, but this rivalry is different. This game is different. And I think the team that holds onto the ball, doesn't turn it over, the team that comes to play, and honestly, CJ's health mixed with Ryan Day's play, play calling Because, dude, I have not been a fan of Ryan Day's play calling, especially in the first half here um, for the second half of the season. So I'm hoping that he's going to clean that up this game. But, dude, I see this game. I'm being honest. I know we talk about it. We chirp back and forth all year about it. Dude, I think this is going to be a tight one. I think it's going to be a tight one. I don't see either team blowing the other team out. I just don't see that. Now, I would hope. I hope we come out and score. I hope we beat them freaking 135 to nothing. And then I hope that we call the cops on them and they all get arrested because they got warrants. I hope all that happens. But <laughs> most likely, I think this is going to be a close game, dude. I, I think it's going to be decided within a score.
1: So you bring up an interesting point about the Belonies? game feeling like... Yes, oh, that too. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you bring up an interesting point about the game feeling like it's going to be close. And I agree with you. And it's not because we don't have faith that we can win the game. I think realistically, we've been spoiled... Uh, the previous handful of years before what happened last year. Okay. So let me run down some of the most recent scores, even over the last 20 some years. Okay. You have Ohio state winning starting in 2001, 26 to 20, winning 14 to nine, uh, winning 25, 21, 42, 39, 14, three. Um, I'm skipping over a couple big ones, but realistically, listen to how many of the more of these are close. 26, 21, 42, 41. Uh, 30 27 in double overtime, um, you know, 31 20. Uh, there's a few other ones in there. So I've listed off over 10 scores, and all of those were single, uh, Were you know, single digit wins, okay, or one score wins. And a lot of those were really close. Even though we've won these, that's been the difference is that we've won those close battles. Now, up until 2017, then we won 31-20, then we won that 62-39, then 56-27. It felt like we just were starting to blow them out all the time. And that's not actually realistic for what we've done over the last 20 years. Sure, we've won 17 of 20, but not all of those have been blowouts. I mean, I can recall how many of those games me and you sat on the couch and watched, and we felt like we were going to lose up to the last second. And then we pulled it out. I mean, I remember Rich Rod – or, or or wasn't Rich Rod. It might have been Rich Rod that went for two. Dude, I always say Or the double overtime game with, with the JT Barrett spot on fourth down that gave us the first down in double overtime. I mean, listen, this is not – even though we've dominated the series lately, it's not been like every single year we've dominated them on the field. We've dominated the outcome. So – I think this year, what you're getting at is we are a lot more evenly matched this year than we've probably been in a really long time, realistically, probably since 2006. And we saw what happened in 2006. It was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I think there's no reason to think that this game will not be any different. I do think that it is going to matter whether or not Blake Quorum plays. Um, I don't know how healthy he is or how uh, effective he'll be if he does play. Um, but for me, man, I know we keep talking about our toughness and our running game and everything. I want to see CJ Stroud have a fricking day. I want to see him have a Heisman moment. I want to see him throwing for well over 300 yards and at least three, four touchdowns. He needs to have a day against this team. CJ Stroud has put up some good stats this year, but he's done it against lesser opponents. Let's be honest. You know, against the tougher opponents, uh, against Notre Dame, he threw for one touchdown and maybe just over 200 yards. Uh, against Penn State, the other ranked team, uh, he only had one or two touchdown passes, you know? He has yeah. not come out against a tough team and put up video game-like numbers since the Rose Bowl last year. And I think we need some sort of, I don't think he can put up those numbers again against uh, the team up north, but I think we need just a real, real tough game out of him. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily what has to happen to beat them. But I think that it's important that he has that game. And, you know, I, I that's what I've been waiting for all season to see out of him. I don't know about you.
0: I don't know, man. CJ has been a mystery to me. You know, I've had many conversations behind closed doors here about CJ Stroud. He's kind of like. I don't know, man. He's like that hot girl in, uh, in high school that like maybe gives you the nod and maybe, and then like the next time you see her, she's like, "Eh." you know what I mean? (laughs) Gives you the, gives you the cold. No, that's never happened to me. (laughs) That's never. Well, the thing was when I thought I was getting a nod from the hot girl, they were like actually talking to someone behind me, but it seemed like. Right. Yeah. At the time that it was going to me. And yeah, that's what CJ's like to me, man. He's, he's just kind of like, gives you that little glimpse here and there and, I know he's a Heisman contender, and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. He's a great kid, great quarterback. But like you said, I'm just looking for that defining moment in his career. When is that going to come? I hope it comes this weekend versus that team up north, because I'm telling you, man, he, he's got to put a stamp on his legacy here at Ohio State. He's a good quarterback. He's put up great numbers, but he hasn't really he hasn't really come over the the cusp yet, man. I want him to have this legacy at Ohio State to where he can beat Michigan, possibly put another Heisman in the trophy case at Ohio State, and maybe... Win a national title. You know what I mean? That's what I want to see out of CJ. I'm waiting on him to erupt, and he just hasn't done it yet.
1: Yeah, dude, I can't disagree with you. Um, he's definitely, I'm not going to say underwhelmed this year, but he's definitely not kind of lived up to as much hype as what he did last year, uh, at least towards the end of that year. Um, now, I will tell you this, and I've, I don't know if I've actually been saying on the podcast, but um, we have a completely different offense this year, believe it or not. i I don't think we're as explosive as we were last year. But I think we're more efficient. Does that make sense? So yeah, because Ryan Day has put more focus on trying to be balanced. Well, when I say more, explosive, right? Well, so when I say more efficient, we're better at third down conversions. Uh, we are scoring more in the red zone, and it's funny because we're actually tied for first in the country in points per game, but we're t- what eighth or tenth in the country in yards per game. So what right. does that tell you right there? That tells you we're more efficient this year, but without being as explosive, we also are more. Um, more at risk of getting off the field quicker, of third and outs happening, of, you know, not being able to constantly hold on to the ball as much. Um, I mean, we're averaging probably over fifty yards a game less than we were last year. And we're about right at the same uh, with points per game. So, I think we're more efficient, but we're not as explosive, and that's why we've seen some stankers out of our offense this year. Uh, Some of them not really as much our fault, but there's been a handful of games. uh, Even ever since the bye week, we've just not really been the same, and I don't know if I can necessarily blame that on the lack of the running game or with the play calling. Uh, I don't even know how much of all of this really even has to do with we're so looking forward to this, this rematch that it's kind of we've kept our eye off the prize a lot. And then all of a sudden, we're just going to put everything into this game. Like a lot of this really has the same feel of the revenge that we wanted against Clemson. Doesn't it? It does. But I have a hard time believing this.
0: You know, tell me what you think about it. I have a hard time believing athletes playing at this level, coaches coaching at this level. I, I just have a hard time every every year we talk about the same thing. We're looking ahead. We're looking ahead. Blah, blah, blah. We're sleeping. We're sleeping, sleepwalking through it. I don't think that happens. I really don't. At this level, dude, you can't tell me. It's been, it's, it's been talked about for a hundred years. Oh, well, they're just looking through the dude. They know they can't do that. Ryan Day knows you can't do that. CJ Stroud knows you can't do that. They know that. And that's what concerns me about the offense. That's what concerns me about the play we've had since coming back from the bye week. We know we can't do that. Yet we're doing it. And yet every year we talk about, oh, it's a trap game. And they're probably just looking ahead. These guys are smarter than that, man. They've been playing football their whole lives. Ryan Day has been coaching football and played football his whole life. I mean, they know that you can't look ahead. And they know what these kind of weeks bring on you. That's why I'm concerned about the health and also the play calling of our team right now. That, that's where I'm at with it. That's why I think the game's going to be close. I think Ryan Day does have some things up his sleeve. Probably he's going to roll out. We probably haven't seen. And he's probably, I mean, he has to. He has to have a different plan for Michigan than he did last year, for sure. And I'm sure he's saving something in the bag. But at the same point in time, man, Harbaugh knows that too. He's still a good coach, you know what I mean? And he's going to figure it out. That's why I think this is going to be a tough game, dude. I really do. And I just hope that we can see some of that heart I've been wanting to see. I've been complaining about it all season long. All season long I've been saying that we just don't have the heart. I just haven't seen it yet. So I'm hoping that we can put together a team performance that encompasses all that this this is the day to put it together this is
1: it Forty don't forget it um let me ask you this no uh, for um, okay, okay. <laughs> well first of all isn't it isn't it funny how spoiled we really are because here we are probably doing a lot more complaining than anything else yet we are 11 and 0 number two team in the country with a chance to get to the cfp after this weekend you i mean why?
0: if you're if you were born in the 80s you're probably still listening to this podcast. If you're born in the 90s or after, you're probably not listening to this podcast because you know what? I, I stand by this. You and I have talked about it. It's generational. You guys haven't lost that much. What, three or four times since you've been born have you lost to Michigan Wait when you can remember it? Right. You know, those of us that lived through the 90s, man,
1: it was tough. It was not pretty.
0: No, it, it was not pretty. pretty.
1: We had to watch the other team uh, have Heisman winners and run all over us, and uh, it was it was depressing, man. It was hard to watch at times. And I think that's why this game means so much to me, man, because it's taken so much of my youth. <laughs> 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 no, dude, I, listen, I'm, I agree. Um, I'm in the same boat with you, and I think what happened last year has really opened a lot of people's eyes to... It's changed this rivalry completely because I think in a weird way, fans like you had just mentioned, possibly even players and coaches, even the program uh, itself has probably had a bit of complacency because of the amount of success. I mean, up until last year, we hadn't even lost in 10 years. You know, seriously, let that think in a decade went by and we hadn't lost. Do you not sit there and think that there is I'm not saying they don't get it for the game. They're not amped and hyped. and you know, we spend time every week practicing against that team, no matter what week it is. And we have the the game clock to, you know, count down to game time. And I get all that. But can you not sit there and probably understand some complacency that happened last year? Do you know why
0: I think it's complacency? You have to agree with this statement, dude. I've been thinking about this a lot because I've had a year to think about it while whilst
1: readjusting the stick I was talking about. and, a lot did. of kids do. Hold on. Can you say readjusting the stick on the air? <laughs> well, I just did. <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> so here's the thing, man. And it may be something that a lot of people don't think about, but I think it's different. This is why I'm saying it's on Ryan Day to get this team up for this game because everybody's like, man, it's, you know, it's the team up north. It's the team up north. We should be up for it. A lot of these kids aren't from here, man. They went to Ohio State. That's fine. They're learning the rivalry. They're learning it. They're just now getting into it. Some of these kids, you know what I mean. We're not recruiting and keeping as many Ohio players as we used to. These kids are from all over the place, so maybe they don't buy into the rivalry the same way that someone from here does. You know what I mean? That's a really so good point. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that has something to do with you know the the level of excitement for this game, and I think that's why the coaches kind of push so hard to like make this a year-round thing, where you're pre- you you know you're preparing for them all year long. Well, we used and to have a lot more
1: players from the Midwest on the team. And over the last since urban, really, I mean, we've really recruited the South and the West. And, you know, we're getting a lot more players that don't understand this Midwest rivalry, while the team up north recruits a lot of Midwest guys. And they've probably been tired of getting their butt speed in the last 10 years. And I think that the tides flip just in regards to preparation for the game, like true preparation of mental and physical and everything. And I think what happened last year was the wake-up call that has changed everything for this. Everything. And I'm not going to say this is another 10-year war between Woody and Bo, but this feels different than 2006 to me. This feels different than the last 10 years. This feels like someone's going to be coming out of this game in a body bag kind of thing. Does that th- – you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's going to be me feels...
0: because I'm going to have a stroke. <laughs> oh, you know I am, dude. I'm going to be beside myself. Well, yeah. For those of you that don't know, Davis is coming up here tomorrow. We're going to watch the game together Saturday. And I'm going to be beside myself. Like, you know, you know how it is, dude. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to watch the documentary the night before.
1: We are going to
0: watch the documentary the night before. That is true. And we, and we will watch the 2006 game. Dude, I'm going to bed – I'm treating it like Christmas, like we talked about, dude. I'm putting on my footy pajamas. I'm watching the rivalry. (laughs) You go sleep (laughs) in your jersey? Yeah. (laughs) And then I'm getting up and ready to go, dude. You know how it is. We get up, we blast the fight song right off the rip.
1: Hang on, Sloopy. Yep, as soon as it opens, dude.
0: Yep. Ready to go. And, man, I'm telling you what, dude. If you are not excited for this year after last year, man, check your blood pressure or possibly, you know, be a fan of a different team because I am ready to freaking go, dude. And... before we get into score predictions and stuff like that, I want to ask you something. Yeah. Because I'm always going to ask you this. Give me your top two favorite Michigan memories. You sure you, you don't want? You sure you want to phrase it that way? <laughs> <laughs> True. Give me, um, like, when you think about the game, and what the game means to you. What are the two things that come to mind? What are your favorite parts of Michigan rivalry week?
1: Good question. Does it have to necessarily be part of the game or could it be no, absolutely anything not. or whatever? Mine's not. Go on. Um I don't know, man. Like Yeah, that's a long pause. I'll start yeah, with mine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once you start with yours, give me a second there because that that's a good question. and I don't want to give you just some half-assed answer that I'm not, you know, that I'm not feeling. So, give me a second to kind of think on that. So, my two things are this.
0: I always remember my dad used to take me to Bob Evans before the game. Um, they had this beat Michigan breakfast thing where the alumni band played and 1460 was there and they would like broadcast the radio live from there, but eat breakfast. Everybody hated Michigan. We all came together in that moment and it was awesome. We'd be chanting, you know, they'd be chanting F Michigan and the Bob Evans. I mean, a real family event, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and, uh. But I do remember that, man. My grandpa went to that. Some of my uncles went with it. Like, that was just, it was just a thing that we did. And then also, my other favorite memory when it comes to Michigan is my dad. Because my dad is an asshole. And he... (laughs) (laughs) In the 90s, like I talked about, when he, when I was a kid, his thing was, when we would lose to Michigan, he would get so pissed that he would take everything he owned that had Ohio State stuff on it and he would put it out for the garbage. He would take the flag, he'd bust it in half. I remember You know that. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would like ch- ch- cram in a trash can and he would put the stuff by the end of the street. And he would leave it down there for like a good two hours until he finally like, you know, calmed down a little bit and then he'd wait till nobody was looking and then mosey on down there and get it out of the trash. You know All what right. I mean? But like, still like... It was that kind of stuff, like growing up that way, that that kind of made me fall in love with the rivalry and fall in love with Ohio State football more than anything. And um, more, you know, not only do I hope we win the game, like I said, I hope the bus like runs out of gas in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? Stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So I think the first one, like if I really think about the Ohio State Team Up North rivalry, uh, I really feel like every time I think of it, I think of mine and your friendship, to be honest with you because we spent at an early age every year watching that game over at your dad's house and then it slowly developed over into once you moved out and got married then started to come over to your house to watch it uh there was one year that i went to the game uh you came up and i think tailgated with us for a little bit or did something and then you watched it no i take it back i think you were overseas when when that happened but um, and almost every opportunity we've had to watch the game we have with the exception of probably you being overseas or when both my kids were born, were yeah, the only true. times we've missed. So that's probably one of the main things that I think about, man. Cause I mean, it's Thanksgiving. We, we, our family gets to come up, hang out with yours. We make it, you know, a whole three, four day event. Um, so that, that's always something I look forward to. And dude, it's just, it, it's. It's funny because you could ask any true Ohio State fan, would you rather go 11 and 1 and lose to Michigan? Or would you rather go 1 and 11 and beat Michigan? And it's always 1 and 11 and beat Michigan. And that's the dead honest truth. Because if we lose the game this weekend and say somehow we still luck into the CFP and even win it all, it's going to feel kind of empty to me, to be perfectly honest with you. Because I feel like. In a weird way, this team again the the game against the team up north is even keel with winning a national title to me. I'm sorry, but it is. And maybe I took it for granted over those last handful of years. But after getting our asses kicked last year, I'm pissed off. And if I could, I would suit up and I go out there and I would probably grab someone's face mask and just get kicked out of the game immediately and run. But <laughs> I'm fired up and dude, you gotta think how pissed off. These players are in a locker room. You got it. I I really have to believe they're going to come out and really try to right the wrongs from last year. I just like I'm struggling to find a scenario where they come out and they look like crap. I really am struggling to see that in my head. Dude,
0: I think they should let me do the pregame speech. I'm dead serious. Let me in there for like five or six minutes. Dude, there's you talking some about like the skull feelings.
1: session or in the locker room. No,
0: I'm talking about in the locker room. You let me in that thing. There's not going to be a table All left why don't intact. You your speech. Give me your speech. In case one of the players are listening, give me your speech. I don't think I could because once I go to edit this podcast, it's going to be just one long beep.
1: That's fine. <laughs> For those of you that want the unedited version, you're going to have to reach out on Facebook, and we'll give you a copy. Oh man. So okay.
0: Let's. Well, it's time, dude. It's time to talk about it, man. Give me a score. So how's this thing going to go?
1: You know, I'll be perfectly honest. I've not even thought about it really because I, and I normally don't look too much into it. I just go off a vibe. Now I've been mostly right this year as we will talk here in a second about the prop bets, but let your air, let some air out of your head and
0: come back down into your chair. Tell me what the (laughs) score is going (laughs) to be. Air's great
1: up here. Uh, man, I think this feels like a game. That the first team to 30 is going to win i think it is going to be 31 24 bucks
0: okay so we're pretty similar pretty similar in that um i don't know why i don't know why and like i said man i just hope that i'm i just hope that i'm so wrong it's ridiculous and i hope we win 62 to 10. but i think this has the makings of a thriller Everything that's going on, man, you know, in college football, in the the playoff landscape, Big Ten title landscape, the rivalry's got some like renewal now that Michigan won one last year. All that stuff combined, dude, all those emotions combined coming into this day. I just think it's going to be another freaking nail biter down to the end. And I'm going to call, you know, going with the rest of history here. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say 35, 31 bucks.
1: All right. Got him down. Obviously, I know what your answer would be, but would you rather this not be a thriller and just be a blowout? Or do you think you would appreciate it more if it's more of a thriller?
0: That's a very difficult question because, uh, you know, I kind of like both things. Part of me wants to just kick Michigan. I I just want Michigan to just quit in the third (laughs) quarter, just pack their shit and leave.
1: (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. But
0: the other half of me, like, we look forward to this all year long, man. Let's play. Let's play. Let's play football, man, and let's go back and forth. All the emotion that I have for the entire year just gets expelled in this game. I'm just like destroyed after the game is over. You know what I mean? Right. Like, just need to
1: take a nap. So,
0: dude, man, that's a hard question to go. I really don't know. I don't well, think I can answer it.
1: Well, see, listen. So let me take two two different ones here. If you were to rewatch a game, which would you rather watch the 20, the thirty to twenty seven double overtime win or when we won sixty two to thirty nine?
0: Probably the double overtime win.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying I want it to be a close game, but if I guess in some way, if you could assure me that we would win the game, then absolutely I would want it to be more of a thriller. And anytime I go back and watch like the 2006 game, that was a thriller, 42-39. Um, it's always fun to go back and watch because I actually watched that one live. That was my only Ohio State-Michigan game I went to. But um, I just <laughs> I don't want to sit there and squirm at my seat all game. But at the same time, I kind of do, and it's weird, you know. I, I want this. I want this to be a good game. But at the same time, I would not be the least bit disappointed if we blew them out. But let me, me I, ask you this, because I was gonna, I was waiting till the end till we got into kind
0: of the fun stuff. Let me at least ask you this, because somebody asked me this, and I, I went back and forth on it. Say right now, someone came to you and could guarantee victory for Ohio State. They could guarantee it. They could guarantee they win this game. They win the Big Ten, and then they win the national title game. But in order to do that. And everybody's going to know it, by the way. Everybody's going to know it's you, and everyone's going to know what you had to do to do it. Would you get a tattoo of Jim Harbaugh on your neck if you could guarantee victory and guarantee a national title in
1: 2022? Um,
0: it's got to be his face to a portrait.
1: Yeah, so... <laughs> if you would say somewhere that wasn't visible without a shirt on, <laughs> then I would say yes, because then I would after I get it done, I would get something much bigger tattooed over top of it. Yeah. <laughs> but since it's going to be a neck tattoo, I mean, I can't do neck tattoo at all. Probably. I'm doing it for Buckeye nation.
0: You gonna do, do it, it on, on the my, neck. Oh, Where? Like, I do it like right, right, right on, on the head. Adams
1: apples. Every time you swallow, it's like, <laughs> so like, Dude, he's I, like,
0: I'd get one that started on my face and went down to my neck. Cause you know why I'd be recognizable every time they'd be like, there's that guy. He won us a national championship. <laughs> <laughs> dude i'm super excited man I can't wait to have you down uh davis is coming into town tomorrow um uh, we are going to be doing you know some kind of video thing so at least watch out for that you know a little before game day kind of like we did last time we were together so yeah at least, we'll, uh, we'll do, we'll
1: do a we'll do a facebook live again probably like an hour before game time for like 20 30 minutes just to answer some questions and get people hyped up for the game uh just because we don't get an opportunity to watch a lot of games together each year since we live in different states now but um yeah, dude, I, I'm super excited. Uh, all week long, I'm going to be watching a bunch of these videos. We're going to watch the the uh, that one, what is it again, the rivalry history video or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be watching that. Uh, usually I like to watch some of my favorite Ohio State-Michigan matchup games. I always do go back to the 2006 game. I will watch the 2015 game, 2016 game. I can't remember which one. The overtime, double overtime one. Mm -hmm. Um, and a handful of other ones, but listen, I I know we've given some scores here. I will say this, there is potential that this could turn into Ohio state Clemson and 2020 where we get revenge. We put everything into it. Um, I just, I mean, if you think too, going into that Clemson game, we were a little bit hobbled too, you know? We we were not the healthiest. Uh, we only had Trey Sermon had just now emerged as our running back and really started doing anything, but you still had kind of a banged-up uh, Justin Fields from the Michigan game and the Big Ten championship game. Um, but we came out and just demolished Clemson, and I just have a feeling that there is potential for that to happen. I'm not saying it will. I do think more of a betting person that it would be a close game, but I think if there's going to be a blowout, it would be Ohio State doing it. Well, dude, I hope you're right.
0: But I, I'm I'm here now. Like I think I got caught up in the same thing that everyone else did for a few years there. Yeah,
1: residency. national title or bust. Like overlooking the game, kind of like not even taking it into consideration. Sure, saying yeah, we want to beat Michigan, but really you're looking at can we beat Alabama? Can we beat jo-? like? That's what I think everyone's focus immediately went to that and started overlooking this team. And I think it bit us last year. And I don't think we're going to be doing that again anytime soon. So I really feel like we're going to be coming out with a completely different energy, not to mention how many fans are pissed off what happened last year. Imagine how much noise is going to happen in that environment on Saturday.
0: Dude, I'm telling you right now, I really don't care about the playoffs. Of course, I want to win the national championship. Don't get me wrong. I'd be an idiot to say that I don't want to win a national championship. But after this, and you know what, if kicking the dog shit out of Michigan on Saturday is what I get to the end of the season with, and we get trounced the next game, I'm completely content with that.
1: Absolutely, man. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we wrap it up, uh, one last thing is, uh, Chad, would you like mm. to go ahead and give them your uh, waving a white flag on the prop bets or your conceding or however you want to call it? I'd like to hear it. Uh, verbally, please So here's
0: what happened um, I'd like to start off by saying that Davis cheated uh, Let's start there And we'll end there too, thanks
1: <laughs> The end <laughs> So, again, for those you who don't know We do prop bets every week uh, We do three, and we do it based off of Different things, could be spread, scores Players, uh, how many times Ryan Day picks his nose on the sideline Who knows, could be about anything We
0: haven't done that one yet, and we should
1: I know we've talked, we've talked about it a bunch, but I just <laughs> don't know if I can pay that close attention to the screen the whole game. But anywho, uh, right now I have a five point lead and there's basically one game left and there was only three points to get each week and there's potential we win this game to go into the big 10 championship game, but he would have to clean sweep them all. And he's just at this point, like I concede. So that means Davis has officially won the 2022 football year prop bets for dotting the eye. Which means Chad will have to do something, and we did post earlier this week on our Facebook page um, about this. And we need some suggestions or some uh, ideas that you think that Chad should have to do. Now we ask you please keep it PG-ish because we we do have families and jobs, okay? But make it funny, make it hilarious. And what we're going to do uh, after this weekend's game. Is we are going to post a poll and we're going to take some good ideas that we read that we like and maybe mix in some of our owns and we will make a poll and you guys will get to vote on what Chad has to do. So please head over to our Facebook page and be on the lookout for that. So if you haven't already done so, just search us on Facebook and join our page. Um, anything else you'd like to add, Mr. Loser of the 2022 Prop bets?
0: Yeah. A guy in a bar leans over to the guy next to him, and he says, you want to hear a Michigan joke? And the guy next to him replies, well, before you tell that joke, you should know something. I'm six foot tall, 200 pounds, and I'm a Michigan alumni. And the guy sitting next to me is six foot two, and he weighs 225, and he's a Michigan alumni. And the guy sitting next to him is six foot foot five and weighs 250, and he's the Michigan alumni. Now, do you still want to tell that joke? And the first guy says, no, not if I'm going to have to explain it three times. Michigan. Tell us where you can find
1: us, Davis. <laughs> as always, guys. You can find us on all major streaming services. We are on Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, Radio, Amazon Music, and more. Uh, we also have a Facebook page that we had just gotten talking about. So head on over there. We do a lot of interactive stuff as well. And it's also where we give updates when we are releasing our newest episodes. And we also have a Twitter page where sometimes we'll make some comments during the game and you can reach out that way. So it is that week guys so get off your butts cheer on our bucks this weekend we need a big victory against that team up north and hopefully by this time next week we will be cheering on to the big 10 championship game so until then guys go bucks oh H.